This show is brought to you by my friends at Alliance and Trust. In wild times like these, you need more than financial product salespeople. You need a firm that looks at the entirety of your life and helps you with strategies that coordinate all disciplines of good stewardship so you can manage wisely what God has given you and thrive in these times of chaos and confusion. Have a team that acts as consultants in the business of you. Let Alliance and Trust help you plan for what's next. To learn more and get your free copy of Alliance and Trust's book on financial stewardship, Wisdom Before Wealth, visit friendofbrice.com or call 805-371-8020. Welcome to the Bryce Eddy Show, where we are working hard to be a threat to the Great Reset, and I think we're making progress. So, you know, the the world is uh, really in a state of amazing change, and I have a guy who is in favor of change and coaches people through change and organizations, and he is a dear friend of mine, uh, been a client of mine for many years, and that is my pal Greg Olney. Uh, Greg, how are you, sir? I am doing well, Bryce. How about you? Good. Hey, so I'm uh, I'm excited to to have you on. Not just because you are a, a personal friend of mine, but uh, I know that you know we've had some uh, great conversations over the years about being you know brothers in Christ, and um, you know just uh, uh, you know we're always we've always been aligned with our values. And I know you've you know written several books over the years, and you've got a, a new one coming out. And um, I, I like. Uh, just the excerpt that you um, uh, sent me, because I'm such a distracted guy by uh, my very nature, um, I, I loved what you sent me because right now we are in a battle, um, and it's a spiritual battle, but it includes distraction. And and uh, so much of what the world has been presenting to us lately has been an endless amount of distraction. And in fact, they are rewiring our brains and rewiring the brains of our youth and, and children. And and so, you know, we're, we're in desperate need for um, a way to escape from it. So I'm excited to talk to you about the book. And uh, and let's uh, let's talk a little bit first about who you are and kind of your bio and background. And then let's uh, let's get into some of the details. So I'm Greg Olney, and I'm a change management expert, and it's a little bit interesting because I started writing my books, and uh, very uh, interestingly, my dad really kind of poured into me uh, as a kid, and uh, he taught me how to play uh, racquetball. I played tournament racquetball uh, when I was younger, and uh, he just poured into me. He'd bring me out afterwards, and we'd have lunch, and he'd start, you know, given information to me and I, and I thought, you know, this stuff is gold. So I started asking uh, for napkins and a pen from the uh, waitress so I could just write stuff down. And then I started bringing a tablet uh, that I could just uh, take notes on. And I collected all of this information uh, from him. Uh, and I wrote my first book really it was just his words. And then the second and third and fourth book, and now the fifth book coming out, uh, in the in the middle of this year, they're all about change management. Uh, that's my background in change management. But uh, every piece of my resume, uh, my degree, is all wrapped around change management. That's what you know makes me an expert in the field. Wow. Well, you know what? I, I learned something new because I don't think in all the years that we've known each other, you talked about racquetball. But I loved racquetball when Ooh. I was a much younger Super Bryce. And, uh, and we, uh, I've seen you climb a pole. I think you're still yeah. the Super <laughs> Yeah, well, you know, I, I could still get after it. But um, I, I remember, you know, racquetball is a, a really fun uh, sport because it's very dynamic. It's very quick. Mm. And you are... Um, you know, really, uh, you know, it's, it's, I think the equivalent in a way that tennis or others are not of a, um, sword fight with the, uh, with the guy that's in the box with you, because it's that, it's that dynamic and that, um, I think quick. And so it's a, it's a fun thing. So anyway, I, I enjoyed that, but that's a, that's a good little tidbit. I did not know that about you. Yeah. It's interesting too, about racquetball. That's, I wrote a lot about it in my first book. And uh, I had an executive coach. His name is Sean Oliver. And uh, he played 
uh, he played me, and I just I just killed him. It was it was just a it was a it was a bloodbath. It was it was so bad and lopsided. And then he he uh, met with me afterwards uh, and did his executive coach stuff, and uh, and said. So, Greg, you're great at the soft shots and you're great at the hard shots, but your transition game sucks. And my first <laughs> book is, is is called the is called the transition game. And I and I thought to myself, he's not just a bad sport. He just is a sore loser because I just <laughs> beat him badly. <laughs> and he was really teaching me, you know. So I had to kind of incorporate that in the book. Yeah, that's great. So um, let's uh, let's talk about um, uh, the new book uh, first, because I'm, I'm, you know, again, eager to, to get into, um, you know, what I think is a you know, major issue we're dealing with right now. And so the title of your new book is called The Great Distraction. So right. um, aside from that great title, uh, let's let's talk about, um, you know, what what you're seeing, what what was the impetus for writing this one? And then uh, let's get into some of the details. So the impetus was, you know, especially over the last few years, and it's and it's happened before that. Now, I'll talk about that in a second. But um, I really kind of encapsulated it into a, an acronym. Uh, it, a D is for disruption. It's all the different ways we can be uh, distracted. The I is for implementation uh, problems. That's really in the setup. Uh, the S is for uh, seduction. We can be seduced into the wrong, and we're, we're seeing a lot of that, especially with our kids, um, with, the, with the grooming uh, going on in schools. Uh, the T is for truth avoidance, where people just, there, there, there is that spiritual battle going on where they just avoid the truth. Um, R is for robbing productivity. The A is for addictive cravings. The C is for competing priorities. I don't know how many times that's happened where it seems like you've got two good things, uh, but what do you prioritize? And the T is, uh, the last T is for um, time mismanagement. So it's a, it's a, a I'm trying to, this is not an all-inclusive list, uh, but it's, it's enough of the distractions in this world that get us just to get people thinking. So, yeah, well, that's great. Um, so, you know, one of the things that I, that I, you know, highlighted quickly in the, um, part that you, uh, sent to me was, of course, uh, the verse from Philippians four, uh, Philippians four eight, and the reason um, is because you know I was meditating on that uh, recently, for the reasons of um, you know being distracted. So you know I myself I, I I have a great capacity to do a lot of things, and God has blessed me with that, and I have you know many hats and many roles that I. Um, I am participating in in my life and and lately um, you know some of that has been because I've been beset upon all sides kind of simultaneously with a few challenges um, it's been you know challenging to to keep my focus and you know know what to be um, you know working on you know in the moments so um, I, I thought it was wonderful that you you have that passage which you know really is okay about what we need to be focusing on and you know of course uh, whatever is true honorable right pure lovely and commendable is how you phrase it uh, you know here in the book and so i thought that was a you know wonderful just personal um reminder uh of of god's providence um you know that we're having this conversation about this topic yeah you know it's really interesting too my i really my wife is a lovely uh, person, and so I constantly tell her, "I think God gave me you so I could just dwell on what is lovely." You know, it is—it's that true, and and the fact that you were meditating on that is exactly what God wants. He wants us to dwell on that. He wants us to, whatever's true. I mean, it's especially you know, if it's, um, you know, anything excellent uh, or anything praiseworthy, we we are supposed to dwell on those things, the honorable, the right, the pure, the lovely, the commendable, those things are, are supposed to be dwelt on. I, I really commend you for that. Yeah. Well, again, you know, I think, uh, so I, I spent, um, 
about 10 days in in France and just got back a couple of days ago. And for about uh, four of those days, I was sick and like sick, sick, you know, in bed, uh, you know, combination of, you know, maybe food poisoning or something else. And and it gave me um, sort of a hard reset into, you know, thinking through, you know, what, uh, what priorities are. And of course, at that time, my priorities were to safely make it to the restroom, um, you know, and, (laughs) (laughs) and, and back into the bed I was in, um, you know, which is not a, not a fun way to, to, you know, if you're going to be sick, you know, don't, don't do it in France, uh, you know, away from, you know, family and, uh, and, you know, and friends. But, um, anyway, I, uh, it would have killed a lesser man, but I, I made it through. And, um, yeah, and, and here we are, but, um, it, uh, again, you know, it's, it's a beautiful thing that we're, uh, talking about this subject because it was at a time where I was taking some inventory of, you know, the things that I need to be doing, the things that I need to be focusing on, you know, what are the things that we can, you know, jettison. And a lot of what came up in that is how many distractions I have in my life. So, um, let's, let's talk a little bit about what your you know, putting in the book, um, and let's talk about, uh, let's identify some of those distractions. I think, you know, people are aware of some of the obvious ones, but let's, let's talk about, you know, what that list looks like. And then, uh, and then maybe we can start to, you know, give some prescriptions here. Well, it's kind of interesting too, because the piece that I sent you was the overview of the book. It's the very first part of the book. And it talks about, um, the different unethical experience, uh, experiments, over the years, I actually starts, you know, uh, I think in the early or late 1800s to to early 1900s. Um, actually, maybe it was even the Burke and Hare murders were 1828. So it's it's way earlier than that. Um, and it goes in a little bit more detail on the medical uh, industry and how we've been distracted uh, by that. I've got a quote from Ronald Reagan because. It says, uh, Ronald Reagan, it actually, this was way back in 1961, he said, one of the traditional methods of imposing statism or socialism on a people has been by way of medicine. It's very easy to disguise a medical program as a humanitarian project. So it's, we, we are distracted by even medicine. We're distracted by science. You know, science has become very unscientific science is a great example science science like science backs up the bible and the bible supports science however yes it does when, when science changes and becomes unscientific and then confidently still calls itself science it causes doubt and and science is meant to develop and test theories about our world and and other you know heavenly bodies you know based on empiricism and empiricism is founded on observation and experimentation, and you don't get to make it up as you go along and still call it science. Yeah, yeah. Geez, Greg, can you uh, uh, think of anything in recent times that uh, that uh, sounds like they did that at all? Well, I, uh, you know? I know a guy that called himself science. <laughs> <laughs> oh, really? How, how strange. What, what an how odd thing. Strange. Yeah. Yeah, well, we uh, we got our um, we got our YouTube uh, channel shut down a couple of times because I uh, I called him a fraud, and so uh, you know, thankfully we're we're building our. Um uh, Rumble channel, which, by the way, folks, please subscribe. We gotta, we gotta get those Rumble uh, numbers up so that we don't get shut down. Uh, but uh, anyway, yeah, you know, uh, we've we've seen that trend with regards to um, science being, you know, essentially uh, redefined as to what it even really means uh, in in a in favor of shutting people up. I mean that that is what that particular statement is. Hey, I follow the science. Is is meant to end and close debate on things and and we're uh, we we've seen that obviously with dr uh uh anthony i am the science fauci um and and others but uh, but it's really just you know been meant to to shut us up you know basic science really has an important meaning you know science science is defined by its commitment to to scientific inquiry 
You know, right. what, what happens when we ask questions, we make those tentative uh, assumptions, you know, we experiment, we gather data, we, and we have the ability to reject data. We don't just gather the data, but then after all of that, we make the conclusions and share them. You know, we've got this moralistic fallacy, and I talk about multiple fallacies in the book uh, that we use now. It just it'll, it eliminates all that. It starts with the conclusion and then collects and analyzes all the data to support it. It's just, you know, that's a distorted and based seriously based on that distorted view. You know, the conclusion, the experimentation can be really Mengele-like. You know, I, I yeah, talk yeah. about the Kinsey uh, experiments uh, early in the book. I don't know if you if you caught that, um, but there there that was sick stuff. That and that was in the '40s and '50s. You know, this has been going back for quite some time. The experimentation where they started with the they started with a conclusion, and then they built all the data around it. Those sexual experiments were on underage children. You know, there were there was there was child molestation for data. You know, and the, these predatory practices. You know, with I mean, they were using women too, but they were they were kids. You know, and that was the I think it was the Indiana University and and the Kinsey Institute. But then later on in the book. And actually, might be in that same section. Uh, they, uh, I talked about the the John uh, Joan uh, case, where they they actually botched a circumcision on a twin boy, uh, and then tried to treat him as a girl, uh, including including the hormone therapy. Uh, you know, so they and 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 they just did sick stuff like simulating sexual intercourse with the two twin brothers. One of the, one of the twin brothers actually wound up committing uh, suicide. It's just, it's just really dark stuff. Do not trust these woke banks. Do not put your money into ESG funds. Instead, why don't you talk to the Alliance and Trust family? Finances in their blood. I grew up with them, and they've handled my entire financial world for nearly 30 years. And as a testament to their talents, they've managed to keep me not just out of trouble, which in and of itself is remarkable, but they've helped me to build real wealth. They've assisted me through complex business transactions and family matters. Now even my daughters are working with Uncle Randy to put financial disciplines in place for their futures. Invest with people who share our values and will help you to be a good steward with what God has given you. Let Alliance and Trust help you plan for what's next. To learn more and get your free copy of Alliance and Trust's book on financial stewardship, Wisdom Before Wealth, visit friendofbrice.com or call 805-371-8020. Yeah, yeah, and and you yeah, we're familiar with that here on on this show and and I mean the, you know, John John Money, um Kinsey, uh, uh you know, a bunch of these uh guys were um massive uh, perverts and reprobates that, um, you know, really uh, sought to legitimize their, um, uh, you know, evil sexual desires and perversions and uh, by, you know, the using the guise of science and data and research. And unfortunately, much of what they established crept into and is still informing a lot of our curriculum for kids and things like that even today our understanding of sexuality and everything that's that's uh, been mainstreamed in popular culture come from them and a lot of where they got their data and their experiments were from the worst of our society including actual criminals that they uh that, that they spent time um, working with. And again, uh, they've twisted uh, us away from God's design when it comes to sexuality, um, you know, here in our culture. And, and we're still suffering the effects of it. And I don't think a lot of people understand where certain ideas really even came from that uh, we've accepted as, as fact and we've accepted as, as the standards. It's, uh, yeah, it's God awful. You know, and that was their purpose. They, they uh, their purpose was gender reassignment, and it was it was all part of a study that gender was a learned trait, and it's and it's not. 
it, it was built on a faulty premise. So, yeah, no, it's uh, it, yeah, definitely foolish. So let's so let's get back. Let's talk about the um, you know the overarching uh, you know theme of the book, and then let's um, let's talk about uh, some of the distractions that that we are. Let's really dive into to some of the things that we're combating against. Um, and and then and then again, I would love to talk about some prescriptions you have for how we how we change those things. Since you are a change expert, yeah, thank you. Um, so, uh, it's, it's really interesting. I, I think that, um, first of all, I'll, I'll start with the last half of your, of your, uh, question and sentence is that sure. we really need to, to, to know our enemy. Uh, we, you know, we need to, we need to know what makes the enemy tick so that we can not be distracted by that. Not actually the word distract means to draw away from. It's not all distraction is bad. So if you've got God distracting you from the ways of this world, that's that's a good thing. That's not that's not necessarily a bad thing. In fact, he does that with me. He he clicks at me like a dog sometimes. Greg, 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 over here, and and uh, I have to wake up. Oh yeah, and he distracts me away from this. You know the the devastation that this world provides, and that's what this book is all about. It's it's recognizing distraction, knowing the enemy. Uh, it, it does. It goes through a list of, you know, different fallacies that we uh, encounter. Uh, it talks about how to combat those with things like Philippians 4.8 and what to dwell on instead. So that that's really why I wrote this. Um, I saw what this country was going through, and not just this country, but this world was going through. It's, it's, uh, it's, disheartening uh and and but we have a hope you know in jesus christ you know we can get through we can get through this yeah amen so let's let's talk uh about uh that in the broader sense but let's start with talking about some of those fallacies can you give some examples and and uh let's let's hit some of that yeah i talk about different fallacies the moralistic fallacy I, i just brought up um a little bit ago, and that was the, you know, by by just morally, they they try to tell us that things are morally right, and then that's that's our basis of how we make scientific uh, inquiry. We've already started with the conclusion because somebody else told us what was morally right, instead of looking at the Bible and, and figuring out what's morally right. Um, you know, I talk about different fallacies like. Um, I think I talk about one um, with uh, President Trump. Uh, he, they said it was a it was a straw man uh, uh, argument, and they said that uh, he wanted to uh, inject bleach uh, underneath our skin, and it was it was in. I've got the uh, transcript of the uh, of what he actually said, and we all we all heard that Trump wanted to bleach injected into our skin it was and it was a successful straw man uh, argument that really just absurdly distorted what he actually said and then he then proceeded to refute the injection of household and uh, cleaners uh, into the human body the media just was so passionate about not doing what the president told them to do and it's a it's a it's a and he didn't say anything like that it wasn't. Yeah. If you read the transcript, he didn't say anything like that. No, so and in fact, he, he yeah he made reference to actual um, you know experiments that uh, uh, that the scientific community has done with respect to uh, you know UV um, uh, uh, UV therapies and you know different things like that. And of course, um, they still, if you uh, spend any time in the uh, wild world of social media, any time there's a uh, uh, a threat of any kind criticizing, let's say, you know, Biden, or let's say criticizing uh, a, a law that just come out, or, you know, it doesn't matter what it is, someone will inject Trump uh, into the mix. And, uh, you know, your guy said that we're to inject bleach into our veins, you know, there'll be somebody that'll say something continuing to perpetuate that nonsense. Um, and and some of these folks, I, I think might be well meaning, and they got caught up in the uh, 
um, you know, media uh, um, blitz that uh, that said that and played that game. Um, but many of them, in fact, I think most of them know that that's not what he said, but they use it as their own little ammo game. Um, and, and they're just bad faith actors. But it, it, uh, it could, it's still to this day, um, there's that one and there's uh, the very fine people hoax, uh, you know, that he was calling the, um, uh, the, the white supremacist uh, people, very fine people. And, you know, all of that stuff, which was, you yeah. know, again, it, you know, a total well, hoax. And when he when he talked about uh, the the gangs down in in Mexico, you know, there were there were killers. He was talking about right. them. Oh, all 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 Mexicans oh, are, yeah. are this type of people, and he wasn't. He didn't say that at all. No, so. no, he made reference to MS-13 and and uh, and some of you know who has been coming across our, our border, and these are people that we had um, you know nearly completely gotten out of our society, and uh, and yeah, they they made it as if he was calling everyone within the uh, you know Hispanic community uh, you know rapists and and criminals, and uh, again, that's the game that they play, and and I I think. I think most of them are not sincere in playing that game, but it's the uh, it's the game that they play. Yeah, and it's interesting too. In when they play this game, and we'll go back to the disinfectant, uh, injecting that into your skin, they can distract you enough where you don't see what's actually happening. You know, the the storyline at that point became Trump was telling people to you know inject bleach, but later he said that he was using sarcasm. And yeah. really, a, a logical explanation for that for that sarcasm may be thimerosal. Thimerosal, which is a, it's a mercury-based toxin, uh, and it's a key uh, preservative included in the flu shot. Uh, and guess what? That's injected in your skin, and thimerosal doubles as you guessed it, a disinfectant. So, yeah. it's, it, so it's actually disinfectants are being injected into us right now it just ha- it happens to be in a flu shot but we if they can if they can distract people they don't even they can distract them from their own misgivings or uh, misdeeds yeah so let's talk about more examples of of distractions that we're falling uh into so i, I a lot of it uh, right now is the appeal to emotion uh, you know, we're, we play on people's emotion, uh, so much. It's that probably is the most prevalent. I, I mean, I would, I would venture to, to say, um, there's just, there's just so many, um, you know, false, you know, attribution, uh, is another one. Um, you know, the, the charm, uh, appeal, you know, you know, when people are charming, like, um, I wouldn't call Biden charming. I'd call, I'd call Obama, uh, charming. Um, sure. but, uh, he was, yeah. You know, people were, I talk about, um, uh, ad hominem, uh, attacks, uh, and you can do a reverse ad hominem where you love somebody so much. You just, uh, doesn't matter what they say. It could be, you know, go kill somebody and they, and they, they, they say, Oh, that's a great idea. And, you know, just because they're so, their appeal is so, um, so broad. So, um, appeal to emotion probably is the, is the most prevalent, uh, that we see. Um, let me see if I have a list of fallacies in this. Yeah. Well, um, you're, uh, yeah, well, you're looking that up. Um, you know, I, I mentioned it at the uh, uh, top of the program uh, that we have literally become a culture of distraction, and we are um, doubling down really on this. Uh, most of it's being driven by you know, our screens and, and tools that, that could be an absolute blessing, but, you know, we are, are fighting, I think in many respects, a losing battle because of the things that we've adopted into our culture. And, um, that's, that's where, um, I have been reflecting a lot on how to 
absolutely, uh, you know, change that, how to, you know, reorder some of these habits because there, there are things that I, I'll bet almost every single one of us can look at that we have given up in our lives in favor of these distractions. And we have lost good habits in favor of these distractions. So, um, I, I, I think that, uh, you know, it, uh, after we go through some of these fallacies, I, I think we need to talk about some prescriptions for folks. Yeah, you know, see us, and, and I don't think we're going to get there until we change uh, bringing our children up uh, right. Uh, C.S. Lewis uh, talks about it you know, a little bit about um, not teaching, and my dad taught me the same thing: was don't don't teach your children what to think, teach them how to think. Uh, it's mm-hmm. more important to teach them how to think. He's got a great uh, quote in my book about um, you know children who are taught what to think uh, instead of necessary uh, skills for argument um, are susceptible to any fallacy you know that really comes along. And that's when the perpetrators, the real predators, you know, come along. When we don't teach our children how to think, and it it's it's not like that. You know. You, I, I don't know how you feel about Common Core, um, but that's it, it takes away the ability for teachers to, to teach the way that the child should learn. You know, yeah. we all know the, the proverb, uh, bring up a, uh, a child uh, in the way he should go and, and he will not depart from it. Um, that, that word um, bring up is actually uh, Derek uh, in Hebrew, and it means his natural bent. You're, you're, you're actually supposed to bring up a child with his natural bent, how, how he should be brought up. Yes. And then he won't depart from that. If you, if you teach him the right way um, and, and you do it you know, in a way that it makes sense for that child, then it's, and it's, it's a little bit flexible. It's a little bit more flexible than Common Core. So. Yeah, no, I, I think that um, one of the uh, greatest opportunities we have as homeschool um, parents, which, you know, we, we homeschooled our kids, is because we get the most amount of flexibility to do that. Yeah. And with that particular Bible verse, I think it's um, a, a couple of parts to it that I think are very important. Number one, that idea of in the way that he should go means that it is our job as parents to really ferret out what our children's um, strengths are and what their weaknesses are and who they are as, as a, you know, creature, um, you know, created by a loving God, uh, what talents were they given? And, you yeah. know, what are the things that, that uh, you know, they could possibly excel at? And we tend to, as, um, as human beings, you know, we want to raise little mini-me's. And, uh, and sometimes you want your kid to be everything that you weren't or, uh, you know, an improved version of you. And, and they may not be really much like you at all. And so you've yeah. got to figure out who they are going to be and who God wants them to be. And, and, and that's where we've gotten... Uh, uh, totally led astray in modern society because that is the antithesis of what they're teaching. And, and of course, this transgender thing is a great um, uh, magnifying uh, uh, glass into that is they are uh, abandoning the idea of teaching these kids who God made them. And instead, um, you know, oh, well, maybe God made a mistake on you and, you know, you're in the wrong body and let's uh, let's press into those feelings. Yeah. yeah, no, it's uh, it's it's really gross that they're supporting that uh, in these young kids instead of you know giving them the stability and the love that they need to know that they are beautiful in who God created them to be and let's celebrate that and let's figure that out and and let's speak to that. We're a few months into the year now, and if you haven't changed the way you buy meat yet, you really need to. Let me tell you three reasons I personally subscribe to Good Ranchers. First off, they are giving you free bacon for a year. That's a $240 value. That's a pound and a half of bacon in every box. Go get yours at GoodRanchers.com. 
This bacon tastes so good, and it's because their pork is made the right way. These are happy pigs. They're never in crates, which happens way too often on factory farms. Good Ranchers never uses antibiotics or any added hormones, and their pork is from heritage breeds that have historically produced the best pork in the world. Reason number two to subscribe to Good Ranchers is that you lock in your price when you subscribe. My grocery bill would go up every week if it weren't for Good Ranchers. I consistently get the same quantity and quality of meat every single time. So subscribe and enjoy the security of their price lock guarantee today. Finally, you should subscribe because everything they sell is so good. Their all-natural burgers, USDA prime steaks, and better-than-organic chicken have changed my standard for great meat, and it will change yours too. Head to GoodRanchers.com and use my code BRYCE for $20 off your box. Get free bacon, great meat, a secure price, and a bonus $20 off today at GoodRanchers.com. Make sure to use my code BRYCE when you subscribe. GoodRanchers.com. American meat delivered. What cracks me up, too, is that uh, you'll commonly hear, I, I just need to be validated and, yeah. and, and, in today's language. And, and, and what that means is I want to be made valid which is a ridiculous, we're already valid. God is, finds us so valuable that he yeah. sent his Amen. son to be tortured and killed uh, in, our, in our midst. I, I mean, that, how, more, how, how valuable do, you, do we think? I, I th- we are more valuable than the sparrows. It, it, Amen. I, but again, back to the the fallacies in the book, and I talk about you know other ones, uh, the masked man uh, fallacy, uh, and I, I got I got caught by this one, and and really it happened with uh, you remember the O.J. Simpson trial? I do. Oh wow, I was sucked in, I, and I watched every bit of it because <laughs> I, I thought I knew O.J. and I didn't know this killer, and so therefore OJ wasn't the killer. Right. <laughs> so I, I thought OJ could do no wrong, and I was certain the killer could do wrong, um, and they couldn't be the same person, you know. And and uh, you know OJ in my mind was an upstanding citizen, and the 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 killer was riffraff, and so they 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 simply just they couldn't be the same you know person. So I'll go over different. Um, different uh, fallacies like that you know i'll go into a, a lot of uh, depth there's a there's a fallacy called um uh, ignoratio elenchi which is an uh, aristotle's 13th uh, fallacy which which talks about you know um people saying something so profound but it doesn't mean anything it's it's like it's just like meaningless you know he, it's a it's a adult talking uh, and and people are going, ooh, that, and that's what happens when we start making up words. You know, words are important. Um, it's 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 not it's we're 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 just taken in by this, you know. And it started with you know communism about you know a utopian society. If you look at the, there is no such thing as a utopian society in this world. You know, but uh, Friedrich Engels, who actually came up with the term socialism because he didn't want to use the word communism because it, had, it was starting to have a bad name, he he was he really kind of pumped in this utopian uh, society. What we don't see is people going back to those original documents that Marx and Engels created to read through them to see, you know, what they were all about. You know, the Mueller report. Nobody read the Mueller report. I read the Mueller report. Nobody read the transcripts of the, of the uh, multiple uh, Ukrainian uh, phone calls. I read those transcripts because I wanted to find out actually what was said. I think the distraction right. comes when we don't have any idea what was said, and so we just rely on headlines or the media telling us what was said. They are not right most of the time. Yeah, sure. A perfect example of that is uh, the um – 
CDC put out uh, a, a statement uh, during the pandemic about the efficacy of masks. And I forget their exact statement, but their statement was something along the lines of how masks were effective. Yeah. And, and they uh, link to a study that was supposedly showing that masks are, were effective. And I went and I investigated and read through the study. And the study, uh, number one, suggested that, you know, it had to be a certain mask. You had to wear it a certain way. You had to dispose of it correctly, not touch it. And, uh, um, you know, and, and again, you know, it was all of these really strict parameters for that particular mask, uh, yeah. which nobody, nobody running around with a T-shirt over their face, uh, you know, uh, was was adhering to number one. But even yeah. had you met all of those uh, strict guidelines for that particular effective mask, it was a marginally effective at best. And, and really what it was was in, within the margin of error. And, uh, and then, of course, the headline is, oh, yeah, look, masks are effective. And that really wasn't quite the conclusion that that particular study made. Um, and, and yet, you know, people went about their lives, um, you know, with this uh, mask over their faces um, believing it to be effective and, yeah, you know, uh, shaming the people around them. Oh, yeah. No, I, I was, you know, traveling every time I travel on a plane um, or through the airport, uh, you see a number of people who are uh, mask enthusiasts and uh, and they are just they are committed to that they mask. Uh, yeah. Everywhere they go out in public. I'm not and, even mad. I'm impressed. Yeah, no, and and of course, you know, they they prior to uh, any of this hullabaloo that and and uh, weird experiment that we we went through in uh, in the COVID years, they never wore a mask, you know, prior. They never even right. considered it as something that they should be doing, um, and you know, their their lives, uh, you know, rolled on. So it's uh, it's a wild thing that we stepped into. So I actually talk about masks in the book too, and 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 masks were fi- found to be you know ineffective, and and I actually use uh, footnotes on this. This this book is so heavily footnoted, um, but I have about ten studies uh, and reports that were used that show that masks were ineffective. I even have a uh, it's a 2008 study uh, with Dr. Fauci, uh, and I, I lose use that doctor title uh, loosely, but. Uh, it was actually regarding the 1918 uh, Spanish flu, uh, and he and and Fauci's group found bacteria, not the flu. And I and I actually footnote this in the in the book too. Bacteria was the culprit in the majority of the deaths, and that bacteria, that by the way, masks provide nicely. <laughs> that was the harmful thing uh, for people. So yeah, it it just goes into a lot of detail with this book. Yeah, well, and certainly, um, you know, staying on the the subject of masks, they were massively harmful, um, you know, and there's many reasons why, but you look at what they did to the the children and young, young babies and kids that were um, you know, coming up in that era over the last few years that developmentally, um, you know, really suffered because they weren't seeing people's faces and smiles and everything else, um, not to mention what the masks were doing to, to them and their cognitive development and everything else. They couldn't see the, the uh, words formed in the people that were teaching them. So the masks covered up the people you know that were that were saying anything to them. So they cognitively they couldn't form words. Uh, they were yep. developmentally challenged because they couldn't form words. It's, yeah, it no, hard. it's a. Uh... It's terrible, and we're going to have a, a hangover from the, the bad decisions we made during that time. That's going to last, I think, a decade or more. Yeah, you know the the powers that be will do crazy things. You know. Yeah. So let's uh, so let's talk about uh, hope, and let's talk about a prescription for getting ourselves uh, undistracted. And uh, you know, what are the what are the conclusions and recommendations you you come up with? Yeah, so um, I always go back to uh, faith. Uh, faith Amen. is the sub- substance of things hoped for in, in Hebrews uh, 11. And, 
you know that that word substance uh, actually comes from a Greek word uh, hypostasis, uh, which is the essential uh, nature that makes up the foundation uh, of someone. God actually put hope into us. Um, I'm a Ramsey. My wife and I are Ramsey. Dave Ramsey. I don't know if you're familiar with yeah. Dave Ramsey. Um, sure. Uh, prefer, preferred coaches. We interviewed uh, with the organization. Um, they hired us on as two of only 500 across the, the country. And one of the, one of the key things that we do uh, with people when we get on coaching calls is to inject hope. There is hope. We use ourselves, you know, as an example, you know, there's a way to get out of all the debt, uh, that you're in. Uh, Christina and I had $524,000 worth of debt, uh, you know, between the two of us. And uh, we got out of it. You know, God did a miracle at the beginning and he did a miracle at the end. But, you know, he wanted us to just move our feet uh, in the middle and, and do the best we could and pay down that debt and get rid of it. Uh, and we did. We got rid of, you know, $500,000 uh, uh, worth of it, five hundred twenty-four to be exact. And, uh, you know, I spent, you know, a decade as a CFO. And uh, I, I had dinner, a dinner party with uh, six other CFOs, and uh, I brought up the whole idea of you know just eliminating debt. And three of the CFOs on the other side of the table really came at me with with bared teeth. It was it was a very interesting uh, dynamic. And then the two other CEOs that were with me, they kind of leaned in and said, "Yeah, I don't, I don't, I don't carry debt." And but they did it quietly because they were afraid of the guys on the other side of the table, and it just shows you how how uh, this works. This works, you know. You know, I talk about the Hawthorne. Uh, is it the Hawthorne experiment where you know everybody else thinks a certain way, and and so everybody kind of goes along with the the routine. Um, you got to be strong enough to stand up for what's right. You know, who is it? I think it was Hamilton, and I, I'm not a Hamilton fan, but he said, um, "If we don't, if we don't stand up for something, we'll fall for anything." And, and that is very true. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, well, I agree with you. Um, our focus needs to be on Christ, and and um, you know our our Lord and Savior and our God, and I think that. Um, we have to do things to eliminate the distractions as much as we can. And, uh, you know, I've started doing certain things to, um, you know, help, help in that for myself and, you know, just mm -hmm. figuring out in your own life what those distractions look like and, and how to, you know, eliminate them is very powerful. Um, you know, simple thing that I've been doing uh, recently and, and really enjoying is I used to read uh, before I went to bed, uh, you know, fiction, um, something, you know, good in literature or something that was just completely entertaining science fiction or anything to just, you know, take me out of this world and, and, you know, provide some positive entertainment and, you know, kind of cleanse my mind, like you'd cleanse a palate for, for the night. And, uh, yeah. and then boom, I would drop off to bed pretty quick and yeah. I loved it. You know, I love reading and I love that routine, but I started to bring my iPad upstairs and, oh. you know, and it's so easy to get into scrolling mind-numbing thing like or, you know, looking at, yeah, or looking at Twitter or, you know, different, uh, you know, social media sites or all that. And um, if it is there sitting next to me, it's a, it's a, um, a fairly overwhelming temptation. But it, if it is plugged in downstairs and away from me and uh uh you know i've gotta i've gotta get out of bed to go get it uh, then hey you know that book is uh is a much better choice and it and it's uh those kind of things that you know we need to be thinking about because our time has been so swallowed up with absolute nonsense and it's only increased in the last several years with the you know sort of ubiquitous amount of um, baloney we can consume absolutely yeah i ran a uh a poll on linkedin it was a linkedin survey and uh and it and it showed the survey actually showed that cell phones are just ne it, they're never not distracting 
Yeah. You know, over over half of the people who responded said that the cell phone distractions are noticeable or they're constantly distracted uh, by them. And and no one, not one person said that uh, responded that the cell phones aren't distracting. Cell phones yeah. are always distracting. Smartphones are always distracting. iPads are always distracting. That blue light that's in the back, uh, on the backlight uh, on iPads and cell phones and the smartphones, um, it, it actually keeps you. It actually keeps your mind up. It, it your mind clicks, uh, and and that blue light actually causes you to lose sleep. Yeah, no, it's a it's a terrible terrible distraction and and uh, a destructive tool if you aren't keeping it contained, uh, you know, in its in its appropriate way. So, so how do we get a copy? Okay, actually, it's uh, let me let me just make one point about sure. Philippians yeah, yeah, four please. two. That that really does tell you what uh, to dwell on. Uh, my wife uh, came to me early in our marriage and said, um, "We're going to pray every morning." And I and I was like, okay, <laughs> like we're going to do that. That's a, it's going to drop off after the first few months, and so uh, we started praying every morning. And she she stuck to it. And then I was kind of like, yeah, this is kind of working. We have not gone a day without the two of us praying together uh, in the morning. And Amen. That causes the whole day to be undistracted uh, towards God. It, it really is uh, really a. a a great story uh, for us. Um, the book will be coming out mid-year uh, in July uh, of this year, The Great Distraction. I've got my four other books already on Amazon, uh, so they can log on. And the best way to do it is just type Greg Olney into the search, and you'll see all my books uh, come up on the same page. Well, spell that for our um, folks that are listening, um, and, uh, and tell them where else to follow you. So first of all, everybody gets my last name right. Wrong. I mean, it's it's so it's. <laughs> they'll call me O'Neill. They'll call me uh, uh, Only. They'll call me Only. They'll call me everything but. Uh, just a real funny uh, story about that. My mother uh, was getting a massage, and she was it was an Irish lady, and uh, she said she kept on calling her O'Neill, um, and she corrected her a few times, and she said, "No, my name is Only." And and then all of a sudden the Irish lady got it and she said, "Only, that's English. Do you know what the English did to the Irish?" And it's like <laughs> she gave her such a workout. Yeah. And my mother said, "But I'm Irish. I'm Irish." Yeah, uh, oh, funny. Yeah. So well, it's name. O. Yeah, O L N E Y. O L N E Y. O L N E Y. Exactly. Yeah. And, and well, Greg well, thank you, Greg. Yeah, and so how do we? How do people follow you and uh, and keep up with what you're doing? So they can follow me on Instagram. Uh, it's uh, Greg uh, They can follow me. Uh, I have a website. It's uh, Gunatel uh, It's G O N A T E L L E, which actually is an acronym in itself. I I, I love acronyms. Uh, not like that guy on the office, but. It actually is, it is our mission, uh, go and provide needs assessment and transition to the next echelon while understanding lessons learned and executing solutions. So Awesome. Yeah. Well, hey, thank you, brother. I appreciate you coming on and uh, you know sharing some of your wisdom, and I look forward to, to reading it when it's out. And so uh, thank you for that, and uh, God bless, man. I'll sign, send you a signed copy. Thank you so much, Bryce. Wonderful. Well, to God be the glory, and, uh, and we are out. Thank you for watching or listening to this episode of The Bryce Eddy Show. Hey, we need your help. We have a special call to action. Please subscribe to our new Rumble channel, The Bryce Eddy Show. If you've been consuming this on our church website or church channel, Go ahead and subscribe to us on Rumble. We need to build those numbers there for that new dedicated channel. For your convenience, we have a link in the description below.